Hello and welcome to this week's opening bell, the boxing, uh, boxing news podcast. My name's Matt Christie, and I'm joined by John Denon. Hello, as ever, is rampantly excited to be here. This is the, the highlight of my week. Um, I think what we'll do is we'll have a chat about some of the action that's just gone by, um, and then we'll look ahead to the impending weekend. And also a little bit further than that with the news that David Hay has announced his comeback. And I think it's fair to say, judging by our social media channels, that that's had a mixed reaction. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's mixed. Well, maybe, that's, maybe, maybe that's putting a favourable spin on it from David Hay's point of view. OK, so let's start off with a big fight at the weekend. And we, I know you and I have spoke about Vasil Lomachenko before, John, um, world champion, three fights down, is that an indication of Vasil Lomachenko's talent or is that an indication of the boxing world today? Yeah, I mean, he's obviously good enough to be a world champion and he just felt like doing it as quickly as he possibly could. So he is a special talent. I know, you know, he lost to Salido, Gary Ross, he was fighting for a vacant title this time around. Um, so, you know, if he could unify titles in four prize fights, that would be something incredible. But I think he's certainly, I think he's certainly good enough to be a world champion. Russell Jr. did quite well. He was just against someone who was too much for him. You've, you've followed Lomachenko for a number of years now, and I know that obviously the amateur and professional codes are vastly different, but can you monitor or can you, can you report progress can you report improvements in Lomachenko over say the last five or six years um well the leap from he'd had the sort of transitional period doing this world series of boxing which is a sort of quasi professional league so he'd had uh seven five rounders but the leap that he's made from five going to 12 for his world title fight is amazing and actually i think most strikingly was the difference between the Salido fight, where he was tent uncharacteristically tentative, didn't really know how, what pace to set and only really turned it on at the end. The difference between that and the fight he fought against Russell Jr., who wasn't sort of uh, a veteran pro like mm. Salido, but still the way he boxed over the whole, the whole 12 round dif di distance was pretty remarkable. He's still young, Lomachenko. Um, you know, watching him, I sense that we're not seeing the best of him. Is this the right path to take, though? Okay, you can say it's a success now because he's got that WBO belt, but is he missing out on, on certain parts of his education by jumping straight into this 12 round level, or is this just the perfect place for him? Does this prove this is where he should be? Yeah, I mean, arguably he's missing out of some. He's missing out of something. It is different, he'd, and he had had a long time as an amateur. Like he was the best amateur for many years, but he had almost. I thought he won the 2012 Olympics with with ease. Not mm. that he was sort of declining, but he, he didn't sort of. He didn't attack the tournament with ferocity because he didn't really need to. He knew how to beat everyone there and just did it. Um, is he missing out on something? It's hard to say because he won. It yeah. was a big risk. Like if he'd lost this one, where where would we? Where would he have gone then? Would he have gone back to the beginning and had to work his way up um, through sort of minor fights? But I find his ambition impressive. Like he's he certainly thought he was good enough to do it. He backed himself to do it. 
And if anyone was going to have broken that record of trying to get a world title in, you know, in less than three fights, it would have been him. Sort of the dastardly Salido foiled that, but I think it's pretty impressive the sort of the way he's backed himself to go about it. Um, whether that will make him an instant star, whether he's whether he's built a fan base, I'm sort of surprised he's gone over to America for his professional mm. career. Because sort of, you know, if he could have signed with the Klitschko, he's been built on Klitschko undercards, built you know a Euro Ukrainian or a European fan base. So you think Germany would be a perfect place for him as a, a professional fighter? Um, but clearly, he's just a bit about the sport. He's a sort of he's a strange character. I don't really understand him. You um, did you not have words with him on one occasion? Did you not wait to, well, to, to, to speak to him? And what, what happened? Well, I've, I said hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, in the amateurs, he never like normally at these big tournaments. But after after their bouts, you know, after their quarterfinals, semifinals, whatever, on their way on their way towards the final, they normally have a mixed zone, which they, they contractually they have to walk through it to leave the ring. And in the mixed zone, as it's called, there's a sort of pen of journalists waiting to answer, ask you questions. Um, every other boxer just you know would stop and answer your questions, except for Lomachenko, who just sort of sail past <laughs> you all. Just he wouldn't speak to anyone until the final. He did his. I, so I didn't get to speak to him that much during his tournaments. I did an interview with him over the phone through a translator where he was fairly enigmatic. Mm. And actually he boxed at York Hall in the World Series of Boxing. And I got to do an interview through a translator with him then. And then I was out in Las Vegas for his pro debut. And he seemed fairly... Uh, he seemed fairly nonplussed about other professional boxers when we were asking him like, what he thought of Salido. Who'd, uh, who'd, who'd beaten Cruz that night to, mm. to, um, for, for the world title. He just sort of, he didn't even say much about him, just sort of shrugged. The thing that strikes me now, yeah, he definitely sounds like he's got that kind of, that winner's mentality. But the thing that strikes me now is he's at this 12 round level and he's got no choice but to, but to kind of stay there now. And, and all of a sudden, he's, he's being mentioned as an opponent, a, a, a you know potential opponent for the likes of, of Rigondo um, and what have you, is is he ready for Rigondo? And surely, by being a world champion, he's telling everybody that he is. I mean, maybe. I mean, Rigondo has the extraordinary amateur background that Lomachenko yeah. does, and is a little bit more seasoned as a pro boxer. Uh, he is. You know, he is the he's the weight class below at the moment, yeah. so Rigondo would be coming up. And I wonder if the drawback for making that fight from Lomachenko's perspective is, you know, what does he have to gain? You know, Rigondo is probably one of the few people who can beat him. And what, what, would he, what does he gain out of that fight? Whereas if he fought another world champion, unifying world titles in four prize fights, you know, would be would be something else. And another problem with Rigondo is I think I think that fight even though it's sort of the highest stand of a fight of the highest standard would it resonate with the public would many people watch it Rigondo hasn't really latched on. I think Lomachenko if he's going to be a star and maybe he's being sort of you know obviously he's being fast tracked maybe he's on a path to sort of near instant stardom 
you know, maybe he needs to try and, you know, unify against Nanita Denaire or something like that. And then, try, you know, try and go, you know, go up in weight. Because he was boxing at lightweight as an amateur. Yeah, I would imagine that's the path they're going to go. And it's interesting you mentioned there about would it resonate? Because the Nanito Denaire Rigondo fight, which for the insider was, was a treat. Yeah. Uh, well, not the actual event, but the kind of the build up, the anticipation, and the fact that was happening, everybody was quite excited about that. But it was kind of lost in the great scheme of things, wasn't it, as, a, yeah. as, a, as an event? Um, and yeah, I hear you. I fear that this this might be the same. So Lomachenko, is he going to be getting the Hall of Fame? Yes or no? Yeah. Does he beat Rigondo tomorrow? Yes or no? No. Oh. Pains me to say. Well, it doesn't pain me, but it was interesting though because they are different in the way that. No, you've given your answer. It's all I needed. Oh, no, okay. I was going to say something interesting then. <laughs> Go on then. No, you're taking the wind out of my sails. <laughs> Save it for my own blog. Let's <laughs> move on. Put it on Twitter. <laughs> Let's move on to Monte Carlo, as you do. Um, Martin Murray, um, did you see this fight, the Murray-Bursak fight? <laughs> I've, I've read the report, which is as good as having seen it. Martin Murray... You put me on the spot there, Matt. Sorry, I should have asked you beforehand. I was busy. I was at the Harringay Box Cup. Uh, how was that? Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was the, it was the stars. Um... There was another Eubank there, Seb Eubank, who lost, um, but he sort of he sort of got Is the most Seb attention. Or Sebastian, I'm calling him Seb. Right. Seb to me, right? Lord Eubank to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bertley Boxing Gym was the star. They got the team trophy. Yeah, yeah. So, so do you want to talk about Monte Carlo? Sounds now? good. Yeah, let's talk about Monte Carlo. Let's talk about Monte Carlo. Um, Martin Murray looks to be on his way to another world title shot. Is, th is this the right path for him, the way he's going? It's a strange one, because it's, even though it's Monte Carlo, it seems like quite a, a low-key boxing destination. Yeah. Um, you know, I th and I think, by the way, he thoroughly deserves a world title fight in yeah. that, you know, arguably, uh, you know, maybe unlucky against Martinez in Argentina, you know, Drew with Sturm in Germany. He certainly deserves to be up in the mix. Um, so it's a bit of a shame that he's hasn't fought that often since, hasn't been getting sort of big fights over here. Um, but at least he's fighting, and at least you know he's got you know he's got a, one of these minor titles from the WBC that will help his ranking. So at least he's at least in boxing terms, he's on the path towards a championship. Okay, Martin Murray, does he end up in the Hall of Fame? Yes or no? You know, not yet, mate. <laughs> Does he beat Miguel Cotto, yes or no? You know, I don't think Yes that or no? Yeah. Great, there you heard it here first. Murray to <laughs> I don't know, I haven't, thought, I haven't thought this one through. <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to fight each other. And he's a lot bigger than Miguel Cotto, isn't he? He is a lot bigger than Miguel Cotto. I, I can't say I've expended a lot of my... Okay. In that particular room of my mind palace, I haven't dwelt in it for long. Okay, well maybe we'll come back to that one later. Can I take that back? No. Okay, let's move on to um, let's move on to this weekend's action. Um, Ricky Burns is back now. He's made. I quite like the fact that he's he's stayed at lightweight. Very often, a champion will lose their title, and then it's off to a higher weight class, whether or not that's where they really belong or not. Ricky Burns, 
has said, right, I'm staying at lightweight. I'm going to go a different route. Um, and he comes back this weekend um, t to the vast majority of observers and all opinion that you read, probably even prior to the Terence Crawford fight, where he lost his WBO title, was that Ricky Burns, after achieving a lot more than anyone really thought, perhaps even Ricky himself, was starting to show signs of sliding. There was the Gonzalez fight, then there was the Raimondo Beltran fight. Um, both of them, you could say he was perhaps a little bit fortunate to come out of those fights with his title. Can he, and then against Terence Crawford, against a very, very good boxer we'll move on to shortly, he was dominated to all intents and purposes. Mm. Is there a way back for Ricky Burns? <laughs> Great question. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I mean. That's what we all want to. That's what we're all waiting to find out. I don't. I got to say, after after Crawford fight, I just felt the sort of. I did have this feeling like the journey was over. That was it. Not that I thought uh, Burns was going to retire then, but I thought he'd had a long time as a world champion, and I just sort of felt like his time was up. You know, can he get the magic back? I certainly think he can beat Dejan Zlatikanin. <laughs> if my pronunciation's correct. I think he can beat him. Um, so, I think he can get back to a world title fight. I'm not sure if he can rescale the heights he's already achieved. He would, then they And would. that pains, you know, that pains me to say. Yeah. But you know, you'll probably you'll probably fight his way to deserve another world title fight. Do you think he's past his best? Um. Yeah. You know, he's a bit older. Crawford was very good though, but I just think his form with you know he'd had those fights that he was lucky to get the wins in. That so his form was declining. I don't know if he switched trainers, maybe that will give him a new yeah. lease of life, um, which would be interesting. Because I think if he, if he puts on a, you know, if he does a good job, then he'll sort of get that buzz back, get the momentum back behind his career. So maybe, but then you can't really knock what, like him and Billy Nelson, they achieved so much together. I know, I feel like people, have, people have forgotten that, really, because he kind of came along from, from domestic level and not... He wasn't really a leading figure there either. He kind of managed to get this 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 world title shot that people were thinking he was going to get blown away, and he just he just performed so well. And then he took that form on with him for a number of years, and was surprising a lot of people. He was he was it was kind of strange in a way that by the time he'd won people over, and because more or less every challenger he was having, apart from perhaps that guy from from Africa, Joseph Larea, yeah. But other than that, well, well done. Well, I've been but a keen a, student of Ricky Burns' career. But I think other than that fight, everyone was picking him to lose against the likes of Mitchell, against the likes of Katsidas. Um, and then all of a sudden it all started to go wrong. But is that he was the thing is, we can look at it another way. We can look at this another way. We can look at the Gonzalez fight. And okay, he was having problems. He was being, whatever the card said, he was being outboxed. But he had worked his way back into a winnable position and ultimately he got the win when Gonzalez quit on his stall. So perhaps he was robbed there of a, what would have been quite a spectacular comeback. I think people forget that he suffered a broken jaw quite early and a horrendous broken jaw at that in the Beltran fight. Yeah. Which, you know, 
many you know great fighters of the past have, have can, cannot overcome that kind of injury. I can only imagine the pain of of, of of just living with that injury without having someone punching it. Yeah, as uh, yeah, well. that's a very good point. Um, so and all, and then perhaps Terence Crawford is a star of the future and a great of the future. So perhaps Ricky Burns hasn't slipped at all, um, which which is why I think makes this fight very 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 interesting. If he loses this, has he got anywhere to go? Um, well, there's so many, gr you know, excite lightweights to be excited about in domestic boxing. Then there are sort of, um, you know, there would be big, all British fights for him there. I think if you look at like Gavin Reese coming back down to domestic level, is difficult yeah, for a former yeah. world champion. But that doesn't mean there wouldn't be, you know, really like some great fights to be made. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, and what you say actually is like because even against Terence Crawford, he was being outboxed by a very skillful fighter, but he doesn't lack heart at all. He's a yeah. tough, you know, he's a tough yeah. cookie. Um, so you know, you probably can't, you know, you never, you know, there's no quit in him. So you know, you probably can relight that fire. Let's take that, I might say. <laughs> they might, they might say that. Okay, let's I don't use enough to take that quotes. No, no, you don't. You don't. Undercard, I like the look of. Really like the look of. Um, fairly evenly matched British and Commonwealth title fight with Curtis Woodhouse and Willie LeMond. Curtis Woodhouse, of course, with that um, wonderful story of um, winning the British title, kind of his, his ambition and. There was talk afterwards that he, well, he said himself days afterwards in a telephone call to us that he was definitely still going to retire. You can understand why he's. he's so you saying he lied mind. to you? I haven't spoken to him since. Put it that way. Uh, it's tough. Do you do you is this? But this is a this is a losable fight against Willie Lamond, isn't it? Yeah, I genuinely have no idea what's. I mean, as with most things, I have no idea what's going to happen because <laughs> uh, Lim is probably the more skillful. Um, but Woodhouse is bigger. Probably Lim has been out for a while, so a bit yeah. fresher. Uh, but Lim also has home advantage, so it's uh, it's actually a very well matched fight. Um, you know, I thought Woodhouse down Hamilton was you know that was that was close. Thought you know he could have got it could have gone either way. And what kept what won it for Woodhouse was his. You know his desire, you know, to keep, you know, just to keep pushing yeah, hard all the way yeah. through to the end. I wonder if now he's made it and he's happy and he's got what what he really wanted out of this sport, whether he can sustain it. Because um, I think I'll probably need to to win. Yeah. But it's a good fight. That's yeah, good points. Really good point. And there's another one on there, isn't there? Interesting fight. <laughs> Stephen <laughs> Simmons against Wadi Camacho. What's going on there? I th I, I, why do they <laughs> hate each other so much? Well, I think Camacho's kind of saying various things. He shouldn't have getting involved in Stephen Simmons' personal life. Yeah. Um, and it has, or I mean, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen Simmons fight. I've seen, you know, I was, I remember when he was sparring James DeGale, um, maybe. Two years ago, eighteen when just it was when Get De Gaulle was preparing to come back after he lost to George Groves, and I thought Simmons did very well with De Gaulle. Obviously, you can only take so much out of spars, but he's a talent. Yeah, Wadi Camacho. He's a dangerous fighter, Simmons. Yeah, like. yeah. 
Wadi Camacho, um, exciting, dare I say not as talented, good puncher, erratic, and obviously quite adept at selling a fight. Yeah. Um, who's your money on in this one? Simmons. Like, Camacho is, you know, he can hurt people, but he is vulnerable himself. Like, I've, se actually, I've seen poor old Waddy get beaten up quite a lot yeah, over the yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, him, he put down Tony Conquest quite a few times early on in their, in their fight last year. You know, and then it turned into an absolute war. Conquest got through it, came back and won it. Um, in, in like the in 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 the amateurs in the ABAs, uh, Dale Jumo who's a cruiserweight yeah. with the Sourlands, and Camacho just like Camacho caught him, hurt him, and then they had a bit of a rumble over three rounds, and then Dale just like sort of was hurt, but then took took Waddy out and like stopped him. And you don't get that many stoppages in amateur boxing either. Yeah. So um, I, I this is. This fight is going to be exciting while it lasts. Do you think Camacho, when the fight's over, will be glad he said all these things, or do you think he might feel a little foolish? I would, I would think he would feel somewhat chastened. Yes, but good word, good word. Okay, so of course, as always, we have got these. We've got the previews for um, the big Glasgow built in boxing news. Um, so give that a read where we've got detailed analysis and, of course, um, final predictions. We also um, look closely at probably the... Is this, this is, a, is this, again, I taught, uh, we mentioned Rigondo against Denaire, which was a big fight for the insider, a big fight for the purist, something you look forward to. I've got a similar feeling about this one. Yuri Orkis Gamboa, uh, that wonderfully exciting Cuban exceptionally gifted um, against Terence Crawford who I just mentioned could perhaps go on to do and achieve great things. It's a good fight, it's a curious matchup for me. Um, it's a, certainly a risky first defence for Crawford, okay he's in his, he's in his hometown um, but Gamboa is, 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 is a brilliant little fighter isn't he? Um, has it come too late for Gambo? Is he 32 now? Yeah, 32. And what? he's almost been on the cusp now for... It's more or less since he turned professional, there was, there was noise about that he was going to do some sensational things. It never quite happened for, for Gamboa. Has it come too late, or, or do you, can you see that this is... this could be his moment? I mean, for Crawford, it's got danger written all over it. Like, you could, like, Gamboa, you don't really know... Like, he could just be as brilliant as he first looked when he turned professional and, you know, deliver one of those massive punches. But, you know, what's been going on with Gamboa? Something shady there. He hasn't boxed much, I don't know. Like, inactivity, Crawford's, he's, you know, he's a classy boxer. He's probably not going to let himself get punched in the head too much. So, I think Gamboa's just sort of been drifting. It's funny, when this fight was first announced, um, a lot of people, well not a lot of people, but some of the discussions we had in the office, people were kind of siding with Gamboa's experience, but now, as the fight, uh, there's not many people that are actually picking Gamboa 
for this one. Um, I think that's probably because it's not clear what because he hasn't been active. Yeah. It's not clear what get you know what kind of form he's going to be in in the ring. Whereas you know Crawford, true. you know we, Crawford's clearly very difficult to beat. I think Crawford's going to struggle to be a star because he's not the most exciting. Even though he's very good, he's not the most exciting fighter in the world. He seems like the kind of fighter. I mean, but yeah, he seems like the kind of fighter who's going to do just enough to win and win, but not set the world, or, you know, on fire. Yeah, I know. It's he's uh, it, not as yet. I mean, obviously, I don't profess to know him at all, but he's not the most charismatic of guys either. He uh, was a struggle to interview after he'd won a world title fight, which I assume he would be at his most chipper at that moment in his <laughs> life. Well, it's funny you say that when we, when I was out f- covering the Manny Pacquiao fight, and he was introduced by top rankers. God, this is you know they presented him with a belt, said this is a big star, and I was there, uh, laptop at the ready, to write a web piece on this whole, and I really struggled to to find a quote from from Terence Crawford really, other than thank you and you know appreciate the support, and that was that was that was pretty much it, but. I don't know, but anyway, this to me, th- th- this this fight is very interesting. You talk about Gamboa, you mentioned his inactivity. There was we had an interesting um, press release recently, which was from Gamboa's um, training camp, and he was asked about whether or not it's been a success, the fact that he signed with Fifty Cent as a promoter, and you sense that. No, it hasn't hasn't been at all, but what Gamboa's words were, it's still a great opportunity, Um, but he's aware that other promoters have been making life difficult for 50 Cent, and that's the reason why Yorkis Gamboa has has been inactive. That's interesting. Um, uh, this This is a fascinating one for me. Um, so okay, this isn't the you and I, you know. Tris Tris Dixon, the editor, has, has, has composed the preview for the magazine. Um, you need to buy the magazine for the official prediction. But what's what's yours on this? <laughs> um, I think Crawford in a in a in a, a Crawford points win. You every moment you're going to be waiting. For something explosive to happen that's never going to quite happen, and then it'll end. I'm, I'm, I'm picking Crawford also. I, th- I agree with you, and I think it might resemble the uh, Rigondo Donaire fight. Interesting. 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 Well, Crawford in the Rigondo role. Yes. I was thinking the same thing, but I just <laughs> didn't have the courage <laughs> to say it. <laughs> okay. uh, but more importantly, Cotto. Martin Murray, who's winning? Um, Cotto. Cotto. Ah, I know I haven't asked you. Terence Crawford, Hall of Fame, yes or no? Sadly, I don't think so. It's a popularity contest. As is, oh, you know, as is life. Is it? Is it? Is it not? Mm, I don't think so. Your Yorkish Gumbo, Hall of Fame, yes or no? Sadly not. No. It's okay. a popularity contest. Uh, mm. Okay, right. Also, brilliant feature by um, 
You're always excellent, Donald McRae, in this week's issue as well with Mikel Kessler. Basically, he's making a comeback and he wants Carl Froch again. Um, who wouldn't want to see a third fight? The first two were exceptional. Or do you not want to see a third fight between Froch and Kessler? I, I, I wouldn't mind. You know, I'd make time for it in my schedule. But I think a third one would probably be similar to the second one. So I think people would expect a Froch win, but because the first two have been exciting fights, you sort of know what you're getting with that. Um, I still like the idea of Froch to Gale. I think that's a big British fight. Um, but Froch seems to want to go to America, and, and that's, that's you know fair enough too. Does Kessler win a world title again? I think he can do. He's with a big promoter. Their title's there to be won. Um, it surprises me that he didn't sound that, he that he'd be keen to, to fight Abraham, who's got the WBO belt, and that's a winnable fight for Kessler. You know, Kessler Groves, both promoted by Sauerland, you know, that would be great for a world title at some point down the line. Um, how would that go? I, I don't know. I fear that I think. Kessler may, the, the time out of the ring may have been of benefit, but I mean this guy has been, has been in wars now for the best part of 10 years, hasn't he? He's yeah. almost retired on a number of occasions as a result of, of injuries in different places and problems and what have you. Um, I'm not sure, but I don't, I think, what, I mean, one thing you can't, or I would be very, very surprised if Kessler is doing this for anything other than the glory to enhance you know, an already glowing legacy that he's got because he is probably the most famous sportsman in his country mm. um, and I would imagine he's also exceptionally rich you know, he's just had a child he can provide for that child comfortably um, he's certainly coming back to prove himself and if he's got that in his mind I think that adds that adds a bit more um, credibility to, to, to what he's doing. Um, I don't know, but I think if he was to meet Groves, say in September or October, and he hadn't fought since the Froch defeat, I'd pick Groves. If he came back, looked decent though. Maybe, maybe I'd pick Kessler. All right. Some might say that was sitting on the fence. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, well, sort of, but there's <laughs> an answer as well. Yeah, it's true, it's true. Okay, right, where are we? Oh, we've been banging on for 31 minutes so far. You've been <laughs> rattling on, Matt. I've been trying to get a word in. <laughs> okay. It's like a comeback right. special in Boxing News this week. Yeah, Burns it is, is yeah. back, Kessler's coming back. Okay, so let's let's talk about um, David Hay now. He's, he's definitely coming back, presuming there isn't another injury between now I think and... definitely is strong. But true, true. He definitely... Wants to come back. That's that's better way. That's a that's definitely a better way of phrasing it. Definitely, is, maybe. Is he? If he's fit, is he a worthwhile addition to the heavyweight division, or have we had our fill of David Hay? I think he's definitely a worthwhile division, uh, worthwhile addition to the heavyweight division. But he has used up a lot of his credibility. With, with fans because of all the pull-outs. You know, he's had a lot of pull-outs actually throughout his career. Um, 
but I think you know. But I still think if he's fit and healthy, you know, he's a match for anyone outside of a Klitschko. I would say, and he would be in in exciting fights. So I think so. I'd like to see him back in the mix. Uh, but there's a lot. I think there's a lot of hostility for, towards him because of, yeah, because of all the pullouts and the, and the sort of the disappointments we've had. Is it is the hostility deserved? <sighs> no, everyone, you know, everyone's a bit too horrible sometimes. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's annoying that the fights didn't happen, but as long as you got your tickets refunded, you know, we we move on with our lives. It's not like he's not like he's bitten anyone in the shoulder. True, four <laughs> scored two goals against England. I, I, the thing that I liked that I took from from this interview, and without giving too much of it away, is that he plans to come back and fight regularly, and his first fight back isn't going to be some ludicrous, overhyped event. He does kind of seem to accept that he's going to come back on an undercard and he wants to fight three times or something in seven months. That's, that's encouraging, isn't it? Yeah, um, but that's, I mean, that is a surprise because he's sort of, you know, in recent years, he's only been about the big fights. He's only been interested in putting in the work for training camp um, if it's going to be for a big fight. You know, maybe he needs to have some lower intensity ones just to see if he can, if he can still do it. So that's go that would be very interesting to see if it happens. It's, it's, uh, it hasn't been how he's operated before. So it would be, um, you know, a new way of doing things and hopefully a new David Hay. Do you think that the hostility we spoke of, the fact that, I mean, with the vast majority of fans now, it's almost like what he achieved has been forgotten. Um, you know, he, he kind of cleaned up at the cruiserweight division. He moved up and he beat some, he beat some decent people at heavyweight. Um, that's all we've Do you think that he's been humble? Do you think he's coming back to kind of... Do you think he's listened to some of the criticisms? Kind of Because he seemed happy when he said he was going to retire um, after the Klitschko fight. He seemed a man who was very content in his own skin. Um, I haven't got that sense from him recently. Um, what's, what's your take on it? What, what, what's the question? Is he, is he coming back to prove people wrong? Is he coming back with that criticism in mind? And is he purposely fighting on undercards as opposed to trying to get on a... just because he has been humbled by, yeah, by the I'm, criticism? So I think he must feel he's got like... he must feel that he has unfinished business with boxing, that there's more he could have achieved than he has. I think part of that would be sort of the humbling he took in the Klitschko fight, um, and then he just sort of, you know, he didn't finish his time in boxing after a big fight. He just he finished after an injury before a big fight could happen, and it's probably not the way he'd want to go out. So I think he does have something to prove. I think he needs to win the fans back, and he can probably do that if, you know, I think he can rehabilitate his, his standing in their eyes with a couple of exciting knockout wins and uh, a bit more humility, even though his sort of trash talking was pretty effective at, at hyping these events, I think he can show a sort of a new side to him. Is his age a factor? He's 33? Um, or he's coming up to 33? Is, 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 is that going to be a factor because he was always 
So to, to, to me, as heavyweight, the fact that he was quite small as a heavyweight wasn't a major problem because his, his, his strength was almost built from that in that he was explosive, he was quicker than anybody. And, but is there a danger that some of the speed, the explosiveness, will have been dulled with age and with lack of activity? Yeah, I think so. Maybe not. I don't think 33 is old, but maybe it's more a case of wear and tear, you know, especially having injuries to recover from. Um, so, yeah, I think that, you know, that could be a problem you know, when it comes to winning a heavyweight world title. You know, obviously we know it's very hard to beat Klitschko. And then with the new wave of heavyweights, they're all sort of younger, possibly a bit sprightlier um, so yeah that might that could be a problem but he is you know he is skillful he is he's certainly a match for for most people out there is he going to win a world title again yes or no <laughs> uh, no is he going to be in, is he going to end up in the hall of fame i don't know Come on, yes or no? Uh, no. No, okay, right, so, um, is there anything else you were going to talk about? I don't know, I wasn't expecting to be bombarded <laughs> with these questions. <laughs> um, you know, what do I know? You know, you know a lot more than most. Um, oh, Derek Chisora, Tyson Fury, that one's coming up, isn't it? It is, you've just been hanging with Del Boy. Yeah, just uh, had another another meeting with 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 old Dell. Um, been to the new gym um, up Mill Hill, which is in North London. Um, but she's all right. He's looking exceptionally focused, um, sounding determined. Um, wasn't overly chatty, uh, but. There was an intensity about him that I haven't experienced before. That's interesting. Um, where he seems, like before the David Hay fight, it wasn't there. Before his fight with um, Klitschko, it wasn't there. And um, I think the only time where he's, he's, I can think back was, was before the Robert Hellenius fight. There was kind of a, a determination there. Um, do you, do you give Chisora a chance? Because although he had his moments in that film, well, obviously this will be spoke about in far more detail closer to the time, but um, although he had his moments in that first fight, ultimately there was absolutely not a shred of doubt in anyone's mind who'd won that fight at the end of 12 rounds. It wasn't a close fight. It wasn't, the cards were not close. Ordinarily, you would think it was going to be a similar result second time round. What, what's your take on it? Yeah, I think he is improved from them. I think he's in better shape. Um, you know, he fights quite a high pace. I think because Fury won the first fight, because he's got sort of, you know, he's taller and ranger and probably can use that better. And Fury's been steadily improving as well, probably. I think Fury should be the favourite, shouldn't he? But Chisora must be a live underdog. And if Fury thinks it's going to be just like the first one, if he's complacent, um, then there's a real there's a real risk for him because you know Fury he can be hit. Um, I think it would help Chisora if he had more one punch power to mm. really take the chance when he gets it. Um, 
but plus you know, Peter Fury seems to be a good influence on Tyson. You know, seems like someone who can keep his mind on the job. I think Fury's probably the favourite, but I think Chisora's a live underdog. I, I think it's a really good fight. Is the winner of the fight the most deserving challenger then for Klitschko? Um, <sighs> depends what you mean. You know, he's certainly, certainly a deserving challenger and certainly brings a lot to the table because both of them are big personalities, can really sell a fight. To be fair to Kubrat Pulev, that Klitschko is fighting next. Well, let's, 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 let's imagine, sorry to interrupt, but let's imagine that fight, because Pulev's got his shot. So then outside of Kubrat Pulev, who I think to everyone, everyone at Boxing News' mind is the most deserving challenger, is there anyone bar Tyson Fury or, or Derek Chisori who can kind of rival, rival them for who deserves a shot more, Klitschko? I think... Um, I think both of them would deserve it more than, say, Deontay Wilder. Yeah. Even th you know, people are talking about him. He hasn't done that, actually done that much, other than knocked everyone out, but not at a high standard. Stavern's got another world title, yeah. which probably makes that fight more in because it's a you know a heavyweight unification for all the titles. If it happened, would probably make that the most appealing fight for it to happen. But as just challenges, then uh, you know then. Fury and Chisora after that. Would they, have, would they have a chance against Klitschko? I mean, you'd say not, but, you know, he can't, Klitschko can't keep going on forever. It's, you know, he's got to lose, I think he's got to lose sooner or later, and there's going to be someone who just gets him at the right time. Um, you, know, you know, that could be Pulev in a huge shock if age suddenly catches up with Vlad. Um, but he hasn't shown many signs of slipping, has he? No. And like beating no. Povetkin, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't particularly an it wasn't an enjoyable watch. But he beat him, you know, out out of sight. And Povetkin was probably the most deserving challenger at that time. So, so I know they've got to lose sooner or later. But for the time being, I think they're going to have waves of challengers breaking against them. Like that. Like that that's sort of like uh, a like a metaphor. Yeah, I liked it. It's good. It's good. Is there um is there anything else you wanted to you wanted to mention in this week's boxing news maybe? Oh, it's an amazing magazine. Yeah. Um you should buy it on your iPad. Yeah. Via Google Play and i <laughs> store. <laughs> I'm on Android, so I don't know what you iPad people do. Well, what if they wanted to just you know, what if they're old school and they wanted to go to the shop, could they do that? Yeah, <laughs> they can. Yeah. Asda do a great boxing news. Yeah, what about Smith's? They, you can get it at Smith's. It's yeah. only uh, <laughs> £3.20 in the shops, even cheaper digitally on your tablet device. £3.20, that's the price of a large latte. And I'll tell you what I prefer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. A smooth nutmeg latte. <laughs> okay. Well but then, you know, boxing news if I've got money left. Right. To be fair, I could probably miss a latte one day. I, I feel like we've missed, we've missed the point there. There was a perfect out moment there and it's gone. But anyway, we'll call it a day. We've been talking now for about 44 minutes. Thanks. Sincere thanks to everybody that's listening. It's good to do this every week, so thanks to everybody that keeps downloading this.
and listening to uh, Pearls of Knowledge. Okay, thanks ever so much, and two of us will be back next week from the Boxing News team. So until then, goodbye. <laughs>